0: Never, ever let anybody say no to you. Well, they can say no, but who cares? Just don't listen. And don't let it get in one ear and out the other. Don't even let it get in that ear. You want to do something in life, you do it. You go for it. (coughs)
1: Hello you're listening to Blethered, I'm Sean Macdonald and my guest is Scottish footballing legend Rose Riley. Rose has got the best footballing story you've never heard and if you have heard it, you'll gain even more insight into how a young girl from Ayrshire ended up playing for AC Milan, won the World Cup with Italy and fought back from the brink of death to go on and be named World Player of the Year. Although once unceremoniously banned for life without explanation by the SFA, she later received the honour of being the first ever woman inducted into the Scottish Football Hall of Fame, alongside people like Jock Steen, Sir Alex Ferguson, Kenny Douglish, Henrik Larson and John Gregg, to name just a few of Scotland's greatest ever. This story is sheer Rose of the rover stuff, but how could it possibly be true? Well, listen to the end and you'll find out for the woman herself. If you enjoy this episode, feel free to share it. Enjoy! Today on Blethered, it is the greatest footballer that Celtic never had. Rose Riley, welcome. How are you?
0: Thank you, Sean. Uh, Thank thank you for the description. imagine that. Too much to live up to, pal. I know. I'm actually quite fine and I see that you're good as well.
1: I am very good. So, with this story, people may or may not be aware of your life story and we'll go through the details of what happened. But what I really want to talk about, I always say that the most interesting stories in between the lines of what you actually see, it's maybe the intangible. That's what I kind of want to discuss. But mm-hmm. if we can give people an overview, let's talk about early life, sort of where you came from and what life was like growing up for you.
0: Right, early life. I was born in Stewarton, a wee village in Ayrshire near Comarnock. Um First memory, well, it wasn't actually a memory. My mum told me about it. it. was three years of age and I wandered away from the family home and um, they got me about a couple of yards uh, away from the house, but it was round corners and everything. I didn't know where I was going, but they got me at the local football pitch. (laughs) So I was already uh, on the road uh, to my football career. Um, Earliest memory is about five or six, Getting, uh, I'd made out my list for Santa and the first thing I wanted was a football. Woke up on Christmas morning and I got a doll I was absolutely devastated, but then I went out and swapped it for a football, and I always wonder <laughs> who the wee guy is that wanted the doll? I was just and about I to think, ask. good on you, pal. But anyway, I got my football, and uh, I slept with it for two reasons. First, because I loved it, and second, I was afraid my mum would take it off me.
1: Right. Was she not particularly encouraging at that Absolutely
0: not. Job? We were talking about the, uh, I don't know, the, the, the 50s, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so uh, there was no women's football, obviously, um, and it wasn't it wasn't seen to be proper that a wee girl uh, uh, played football.
1: Was there no? So th- was there any teams or anything at that point? Because I know you approached somebody to ask to speak, or to ask to play with them, and they.
0: Right, I've never approached anyone in my life. Really? No, I wouldn't do that. I played at football, at the local football park and I played with the boys. Right. And uh, the, the football manager, the football coach, or whatever you want to call it, in our days a coach was a bus. Actually, it was a posh bus that you went your holidays. <laughs> uh, anyway, the football manager said to me, w- will you play with the Stuart United, the boys' team? Hmm. And I said, "I, of course I would, that'd be great. He said, uh, well, need to go, uh, you-, you need to a short back and sides. <laughs> so I went to the local barbers, got a short back and sides, and I said, my mum will come with the money. And my mum went to him and nearly killed him. She nearly killed me and the barber together But anyway it was this wee boy now. And uh, the manager says You'll need to get your strip uh, You'll need to get changed at home Because I couldn't get in the dressing mm-hmm. rooms uh, and uh, You'll need to change your name from Rose to Ross So that was fine So one particular game I was in fire and I scored about 8 goals And there was a Celtic scout there <laughs> Must have been about 8, 9 year old and uh, the Celtic scouts says, I'm going to sign the wee number seven right away. Uh, the the manager says, no, it's a wee lassie. He says, no, no, the one that's got the eight goals is a, is a wee lassie. So I get introduced to him. And I was gutted, I couldn't play for Celtic. I thought if I was good enough, why not? Uh,
1: no, and as a wee kid, you're not really going to understand that. No, no, like, you don't. That's a shame. So you are almost, you could have been lining up. What, what year would that have been?
0: Um that's naughty. You ask me what year. I don't know. Just what year? Be, be purely, early 60s. Well, aye, you didn't tell me that 60s. I was going to say. Tell me who aye, would if be my teammates. Aye, mate, who would my uh, teammates? Well, it'd be Jinky like that. Like. Jinky,
1: Billy McNeil, aye. Bobby Murdoch. Because I
0: followed Celtic. Um, I got a paper round so as I could actually uh, go to Parkhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd always pick Celtic as, as my team. And um, I decided, well, I had a paper round. I was putting some of the money away so I could go to Glasgow and see Celtic. And. Um, I didn't tell anybody, so I just got the bus up to Glasgow. I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> got off at the, uh, the 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 bus the terminus and uh, just followed all the guys that had done their Celtic scarf. There weren't any women, so I just walked to Parkhead, and uh, got left hour, Mister. My wee boy got left hour and I was right in the middle of right <laughs> down the front of the jungle. And uh, uh, what, what an experience! And then we Jimmy Johnson comes out and. Of course, I could. I, I could nearly touch him. Uh-huh. And uh, my first memory was him uh, dribbling everybody instead of shooting to come back. Did it again. To take the piss out them. <laughs> did it again. And Jolstein caught him were the wee swines of the day because it was in the shooting. And I remember that the majestic Billy McNeil getting up for the headers and wee Bertie old snarling at everybody's ankles. I mean, it was just amazing. Oh, and uh, when I was a wee bit older, uh, I went to Ibrox as well because when certainly weren't playing at home. I'd go to Ibrox. Uh-huh. Um, that seems strange for a Celtic supporter, but most, uh, i was really a football—I was a, a football supporter, mm-hmm. and I seen Jim Baxter, Willie Henderson, John Gregg. So for me, it was all about the football.
1: Fantastic. Probably, I'd imagine, as you say, as a wee three-year-old, you get found at the pitch. So there's this something within you that makes you want to go. But then you're going to watch it. It must help you then visualise it or realise even more. That's what you wanted to do, but there didn't seem to be any avenue at that point or there was no avenue for you to pursue that. So how how did that feel sort of in your mind where you can you can almost touch uh-huh. what you want to yeah. get to but there seems to be no path to that?
0: Well, I didn't think anything. I just had a... It wasn't so much a dream. I think I had a mission in life. I was going to be a professional footballer mm-hmm. so I didn't dwell in anything. I didn't think, oh, it's a shame there's no women's team there's no this, that, the next thing. So that was not part of my... That would take some energy away from me so I wasn't thinking mm-hmm. about that. But um, when I was about seven years of age, there was a, the Stuart and Ladies uh, started up a team uh, run by uh, my friend Elsie Cook. It was the local factories um, all over Scotland They had a ladies' team. It was more for charity events, and all it was right. women that played at bar, uh, netball or whatever, and they'd formed the, the women's team. Um, they did not any training or anything they, 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 they just formed a team like for charity events and I went uh, one particular day somebody said that ladies have started a team so I went to see them but I was only seven year old and these were grown women mm-hmm. and I said hi uh, hey, missus can I get a game and she says no you're a wee boy I <laughs> says I'm a wee lassie it's already gender issues I was a wee boy for the, the I was a wee lassie pretending to be a wee boy for the boys' team. Then when I wanted to, to go to the ladies' team, they said I was a wee boy, so Confusion. I wasn't a, I wasn't a caring about my gender. I just wanted to play <laughs> it for it would have been anything. So she said, "Come back in a couple of years' time." So I did. Uh, Thing with it up, my signed it up on my calendar. In two years and half a second later, I was in the team and I was mm-hmm. nine years of age uh, playing with grown women.
1: That's unbelievable. I know. I've watched clips of you playing, and we'll get to this further, but what I noticed distinctly, and I was saying this to my pal earlier, Mm. so if you watch men's football from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, you can always distinguish which time period because players move in a certain way, Uh technique seems to be a certain way and the game's played a certain way, but Uh when I was watching the clips of you playing in Italy, Uh the biggest compliment I could give is to me you look like a modern day player. Fit from now, and there are physical differences between when you watch the men's game and the uh, women's game because uh-huh. that's just how it is. But I felt as if I was watching a man playing from today's era, and, and that's a very complimentary thing. Oh, the way you move,
2: the
1: way you moved uh-huh. when you received the ball, uh-huh. your technique passing, mm-hmm. your technique dribbling, shooting, that sort of force with which you shot. I watched and I was like, Fucking you know, right.
0: hell, what a player! That's great when we'll so, you get in touch with Shirley. Shelly, <laughs> <I know, laughs> I'm I getting know, my touch get,
1: We get, well, are you still banned? We'll come to that. <laughs> Uh, so you've you just developed just continuously playing, and then talk me through. Was it Mr. Shivas that you went to the daily record? Yeah.
0: Um. Uh. While I was playing at football, I was also an athlete. Um. Uh. I trained at the local. Always oh, the local football park, mm-hmm. there was a wee sandpit for the long jump and no, this. We just made up stuff. But my, my coach there, Kenny Phillips, he was fantastic with me and he taught me um, the shot, putt and everything because he said, You're an all rounder, we'll do the pentathlon? Mm-hmm. Um So when I was about 16, I was in the shortlist for the Commonwealth Games. Uh, so I had to do a week's training session up in St Andrews uh, with, with uh, the Scotland team. Mm-hmm. But when I arrived there, I didn't have anything. I didn't have, like, I had a wee pair of sannies. I didn't have a trackie. I didn't have anything. It was all kind of posh girls that were there from mm. the, the, the private schools. Because in that day, that's what it was like. And they were just going kind to of looking at me as if to say, who's this? And I always remember the first time we were and off for the 400 metres and this girl says to me, now Rose, perhaps you didn't hear what the the coach said, you have to go slow at the start. So me, the country bumpkin, went slow at the (laughs) start and I realised we're taking the piss so I changed gear and off I went and beat a lot of them. And then she says to me, what weight is your putt at home? What what weight are you doing the shot putt? I said, I don't know, I've just got a rock it was a brick I had <laughs>
1: Aye.
0: and she just locked at me as I said Jesus and anyway it, I did the shot put and it went flying because obviously my rock was much heavier mm-hmm. than the shot put so I got picked for uh, the, the shortlist list for the Commonwealth Games but the, the coach then it was a John Anderson said you need to stop playing at football Rose you're developing too much uh, thigh muscle mm. like fit my legs as I call them and it's not good for athletics, so I stopped for a week playing football for the first time in my life, and of course my mum and dad were delighted, because I had a a career in athletics, Mm -hmm. and there was nothing on the horizon in football, and after a week of not kicking the ball, I was devastated, and I chose football over athletics, Mm -hmm. stopped athletics, the Commonwealth game place, everything, to choose uh, choose my beloved football, Mm where there was no future, that's when I had to get my act together, because, I could see my mum and dad. I think my mum was crying because she didn't know what to do with me. Uh, Basically, uh, I'd get expelled from school because I was always away playing Mm -hmm. football. So that was fine. For me, that was fine. But uh, obviously, it wasn't for them.
1: Was there like a... I'm I'm trying to make a comparison from the era. Was -hmm. there like a societal thing where your mum felt embarrassed because it wasn't a dumb thing? No, no,
0: My mother would never have been embarrassed in her life. Mm. Absolutely not. She was just thinking, try to put put me on a pathway for my future. Right, okay, aye. Because there there was no
1: pathway. You you had to forge your own, but she's not going to be able to foresee that, is she?
0: No, no, absolutely not. And, And I always remember I got a job, and then I had to get a job because, um... Uh, what was my future kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I got the job, at, it was a carpet factory in Command. it was called the BMK. So I arrived there, I used to walk for the, the, the bus station, It's about a mile and a half to get to this factory job, which I hated my passion. And But on the, the way there, when I was walking there, I, I was always dreaming I was going to be a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got to the factory, I hadn't realised I'd walked one and a half because I'd already been abroad, I was already playing at football. Real Madrid, whatever. Uh, my 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 dreams were already started, and when I started working in this factory, the guys uh, knew about me. And they said, "Well, you play with the team. We play at lunchtime." I said, "That's great." And they had on big bits, big steel toe cap boots, so I had to be fleet, and uh Got away for their tackles. So they just treated me like a guy, like mm-hmm. elbows in the face and everything. Uh, but it, it, I honed my skills with a the guy there, and the black uh, the guys in a black ash pitch. So there was one particular day. There was another team waiting to go on after us, and it was a Johnny Walker's. The big fact, the biggest factory in command it was a Johnny Walker's whiskey factory so they were uh, they had better players they they, they had everything Johnny mm-hmm. Walkers and uh, they were waiting to come on and they said will you play with us and I says aye so I never went back to my work <laughs> so then I get the sack and I go home the next day I said god what am I going to tell my mummy uh, mummy I got my boots for BMK what have you been up to she said well I said well Johnny Walkers asked me to play for them as if it was bloody Real Madrid what
1: I, I to say? Put,
0: shut up I was playing for Johnny Walkers <laughs> so that was me the bad boots once again and that's when I thought, I need to get my act together here. Get my act together. I didn't know what to do. We didn't have a television. We're at home and whatever. But um, I would I, um, kneel at my dad's feet and read the back pages, mm-hmm. Daily Record, Evening Times. That was his papers. And I would see there were reports about Real Madrid. That was my team. I always picked Celtic, Real Madrid, and AC Milan. Nothing but the best for me, right? And I was just away at the mm-hmm. time. So I thought, I read the the, the newspaper reporters at a particular uh it was reporting on was Stan Shivers from the Daily Record. Mm-hmm. I said right, I'll not get hold of him. So I didn't know what to do. So I went up to the, the Daily Record offices. Off I went. Didn't tell anybody. And uh, the secretary says could I help you? I said could I speak to Stan Shivers? She says you get an appointment I said yes. Which I didn't I'd never seen him like in that. my life. So she lets me in at the office and he's that sophisticated sophisticated, excuse me, um sitting there with cigar and whatever. <laughs> Uh, just looking up and he said, uh, could I help you? And I said, yes, I want to be a professional footballer. And he said, sit down.
1: And that's the start of it. That's it. few things there. I've I've heard you speaking about training with the boulder and I also heard you saying that you had to take a penalty and it was a really heavy ball yeah. and a muddy pitch Aye. and it didn't move. Uh-huh. And the kind of point I take for that is that you've mm. practised, you, you've made things tougher for yourself yeah. in order for the fact that when you then drop back down, it's a great metaphor that When people come up against tough conditions or or setbacks, because there's a few setbacks we'll discuss, if you persevere through them, you're then either going to become a lot wiser. You know, life isn't easy. Life's not always going to be, you know, a walk in the park. And it's so challenges, in retrospect, looking back, the challenges are what made you. So then another challenge that comes is... To be embraced in a
0: way well the the, the fact going back to the football I, I'd started playing with the, the, the ladies team when, uh, when I was only nine and it was the, the big heavy leather balls with a bladder in it and the lace mm. and uh, so I was taking the penalty and it didn't budge well it just budged a wee bit and I was raging at myself mm-hmm. so I stayed behind after I asked for a loan of the ball and I just kicked it kicked it kicked it kicked it, kicked it until uh, I succeeded it but sense. I can think we spin our the legs and all that you know aye um,
1: that's just then even with the short put, you're training with the boulder when it comes to going back down to not quote unquote normal conditions. Yeah. You're absolutely flying because, you know, you've been up against it tougher than anybody else. It's um it is a it doesn't always work out this way, it doesn't always sort of compute this way, but if things only going your way, you're getting setbacks or challenges, then it will benefit you if you if you push through as you've kind of proved. Uh, the visualisation and gone down the mind that's yeah. some very early new age stuff you're visualising yeah. AC Milan and then
0: well, that that's strange that you're saying that Sean because um, when I, I signed for AC Milan mm-hmm. we were playing at the San Siro wow right so I came from Strandhead Park in Stewarton, uh, red ash I'm still um, picking a wee bits of glass out my knees I <laughs> see goes to the San Siro um, while the other girls were in the dressing room whatever I, I was doing the tunnel to embrace the majestic stadium that mm-hmm. is the San Siro. For me, it's always the best stadium in the world. Not because I played in it, but just the whole atmosphere thing. So then I went from one goal post to the other and I said, I'm going to score here inside myself mm-hmm. and I'm going to score there. In the midfield, I'm going to get the ball here. I was I, I, exactly, I was already playing the game in my mind before mm-hmm. it even happened. And then I thought to myself, you know, this rose, there's only two goal, base, goal posts there. The same as Strandhead, Barton, Stuart. And I walked Aye. off and that was me.
1: Aye. If you go there in the mind first, then you will go Aye. in the body.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I have noticed, Sean, that I have to... I don't talk to anybody. I isolate myself. I've never ever... Like, I would never have told anybody that I did that. Mm-hmm. Because I think if you tell somebody th- if you're tell somebody you going to do things, mm-hmm. you usually don't do it because in your mind you've already told yourself yeah, you've done it I, I or you're it. going to do it. So I don't tell anybody anything. Never ever have... Like my playing career or whatever um, so that's what I did
1: That this all sound a wee bit hocus pocus or airy fairy for me but I've got a belief that everybody's born with like a dream or an aspiration in your heart it might be multiple it might be one you know if you hear "How is as a, a five year old do you know you want to be a professional footballer yeah. because you don't know anything about football mm. other than it's a game or if you hear somebody say at seven I want to be a vet you yeah. don't know what being a vet entails but mm. you know you want to be it yeah and it's just you've kind of done everything instinctively you've visualised these things as well instinctively went right Well, I'll just need to get a hold of this guy Stan Shivers I'll Mm -hmm. need to just go and do this and it's then I feel if you follow your intuition then it's almost being true to the aspiration that you've got Um, and it kind of seems like that's what you've done gone through I would quite like to talk to me about a bit of detail but I kind of also want to look at these, as I say these intangible things, perseverance, persistence refusal to budge um, setting targets for yourself but you've went and met Stan now he's told you to sit down yeah. uh,
0: what What did he say? What did he say? He said um, he started writing down and he said what age are you and I was barely 17 not 16 and a half, nearly 17 and he said hey, you know, got a, a friend that could go with you and uh, my friend was uh, one of the best footballers that Scotland has ever produced technically. Mm-hmm. Let's say a female Jimmy Johnson, a wee ridhead at Lassie for Glasgow, Edna <laughs> Nielis. And Edna was as wide as a Clyde where I was a wee country bumpkin. She was a wee bit all other than me. And anyway, she worked in the, the black and white whiskey factory right. in Steppes in Glasgow. And I said, oh, there might be somebody... Uh, he said, right, well, get in touch with her and I'll see what I can do. We didn't; know, He didn't know um, where to look for like, professional women's football, but mm. he was going to take care of it. So I phoned Edna. I said, Edna, do you, fancy, do you fancy going professional with me? I said, but you'll need to get your job up. She says, aye, big pal, let's just do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what you need.
0: Aye, that's all we need. So anyway, um, Stan, I had to go back uh, to speak to Stan and he'd found a semi-professional team in France and it was called Stade de Rems. About a hundred miles. It uh, 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 was near Paris. So they said, "They said, uh, right, yous are going for a trial there." I've set up a trial, and we were that out, cock- Well, Edna was. She says, "We don't do trials." <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, off we goes. Um, the Daily Record flews over to to Paris. That's and incredible then, that they I did can. that. I know. Great. I take it
1: you've got a subscription to the record to this day then?
0: <laughs> yeah, of course I have. Lifetime. <laughs> um, so uh, at halftime of our trial game, that the president of the team came in to sign us. And the president, I mean, that that seems a cliche, was called Pierre. But he was also, he owned uh, the Le, Le Keep, Le Keep mm-hmm. well, the, the really? sports bit. So
1: they had a bit of money then. For anybody who's not aware, Le Keep is the number one um Sport sports paper, paper in, in France
0: I know just football it's more sports paper uh, the football it? paper's like a Zedadola sport you rang there pal uh, aye, aye. Uh, that's more a football paper but that's Italian
1: is, um, is, what is what's the award that Le Keep are involved in? Aye, I, I
0: don't it's, know it's, it's not the Ballon d'Or is it? Aye, I think it is the Ballon d'Or well it S- used to be but you know what I mean sponsor wise they change uh-huh. everything it's a
1: very it's a very prestigious yeah, newspaper anyway aye, um, going away now, yeah. did you even have a passport at that time? No. So, in, in, did I get a passport? in, in order to, to you know, frame it in people's minds, the yeah. person that's listening, this is, you know, a while back, there's no Skype, there's no WhatsApp, mm. you can't really just pick up the phone. Not I didn't you can, have
0: a phone in my house, actually.
1: Right, so... Like a landline. So, that it's not only the fact that you're going into the unknown, you're uh-huh. still developing as a person, yeah. but the, the bravery in the determination I think that shows is is unbelievable to just get up and say I'm away Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't care what the surroundings are because I'm going after what I'm going after so you signed for Reims did you move to France? Uh, We
0: we signed for Reims and then they said right back to Scotland pack our cases Mm -hmm. so the bold then goes to whatever woman wants to get our fashion gear mm-hmm. to set Paris, I <laughs> It was so funny. Edna used to dress like a City rollers, big platform <laughs> shoes, baggy trousers so a weird. lot. Um, but she was fantastic. Edna, uh, I was just a, kind a of more tracky person, Aye. and just that was a bit. Um, so anyway, we, we packed our cases uh, to leave home. So I didn't have a suitcase. Hmm. So my dad gave me gave me his, and it was like one of we the kind of cardboard with the wee cardboard suitcases with wee clips at the end. Right. So my I didn't have a lot of belongings, anyways. But goes in this suitcase, and we we drives up to Abbotsinch Airport, because Glasgow Airport used to be called Abbotsinch. Oh, All right. And there was no the only thing that was there actually was there in the plane. yeah oh, it It was like a wee hot thing they went through, put your suitcases up mm. and, and whatever, and then you just walked onto the plane. Anyway, my suitcase was getting picked up and it fell apart. Oh no. And so my father says he got his braces off and his belt, and he thinged up my suitcase, sorted out my suitcase, so as I could arrive in Paris with my Louis Vu- Vuitton luggage. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that by the way, that's some metaphor as well. You know, there's there's another setback. You could have easily, oh, can I can't go. How am I meant to take my stuff? There's there's always a way, isn't
0: there? Well, I would have went without the stuff. I was in here <laughs> as long as I was there. Um, so off we goes to Paris, and I always remember it was Orly at the time that the, the oh, airport yeah. was. And um, so that the president's waiting for us with some photographers to like, keep him whatever and a bottle of champagne. Wow. And Edna's saying to me, ask him if he's Neil lager. <laughs> and I says, I, I don't speak French. She says, aye, you there <laughs> Of course I did. Aye, aye. So that was, it was so funny. Anyway, we we tried to settle into the the lifestyle in France and the team was uh, Mm semi-professional girls that were working during the the day. So we were a wee bit lost there, let's say. Uh, The football was all right, but it wasn't a a great stand. Well, it was quite... It was obviously a lot better in Scotland and... um, the president Pierre comes in uh, 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 uh invited to his office one day, and they say, uh, they AC Milan scouts have seen you, and once he's, he's going to buy you. Mm-hmm.
1: What went through your mind at that point that, that you've, as you say, you imagined yourself playing for AC Milan, or that was your team? You know what. In that, moment, In that moment, what did you think? Did you that think, moment,
0: I just walked out his office, goodbye. <laughs> Chirio, I'm going to play for AC Milan. Do you
1: know what I mean? Did you have that realisation of, I've made this yeah. happen, or this was meant yeah. to happen?
0: No I, no, I didn't think that. But, but it was as if it, my, my head was spinning, mm-hmm. because uh, my dreams were coming true. It's pure. This, was, this was my first dream. Well, my first dream was uh, like going to Reims. Well, I didn't know I was going to Reims, but going abroad to be a professional footballer. Uh, so it's, I didn't even tell my parents uh, that uh, that I was, uh, I was changing countries. Anyway, off we goes, and when the, the plane landed, it was in Lenati Airport, bang in the middle of Milan, Lenati Airport is, and uh, when I got off the plane, you just had to walk across the Tarmac. I felt like, in a mother's embrace, I felt at like home. Mm. There was something weird happened there, and mm-hmm. I just felt at like home. So oh putting on the striped shirts, wow. playing at the San Siro, and Edna went home, she was homesick. So I stayed in a hotel for the first year and, and myself. Oh, so so my, she
1: never stayed in Milan?
0: She stayed for a wee while and then she went home. Oh, Edna no. was homesick. So You I
1: take you just never felt that as you say, you just felt at home?
0: I just felt at home and um this
1: is pure Roy of the no I was gonna say Roy of the Rovers. It's Rebecca of the Rovers Rose stuff, this. It's Rose of the Rovers. Rose of the Rovers. <laughs> so anyway How Sean? I not see that it? I, right I know,
0: I know. A wake-up moment, darling. So, um, stayed in a hotel uh, for the first year and my teammates didn't speak any English. I hadn't a clue about Italian. I hadn't even ate spaghetti hoops at home. Nothing. <laughs> Knew nothing about Italy. And, apart from me, say Milan. Then I used to speak to myself in the mirror in the evening at night because mm-hmm. I was lonely. And the only person that was talking That's, back to me was myself.
1: I, I know how that feels. It I wasn't a really...
0: sad bit, Sean. I'm All not right. saying that in a, a matter-of-fact way. And um, then I seen La a dello Sport because I seen this uh, big pink newspaper mm-hmm. and it was all about football. I said, oh, that's great, I'm that. So I bought it and I thought, Christ, I gonna read it. <laughs> so then I bought a wee dictionary and I decided I was going to learn three words a day because I was too thick for fork in this thing. <laughs> 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 so that's what I did. And then I just started speaking to the folk because I had to walk about half a mile, half a mile to the restaurant. I was getting my lunch and dinner there. I'd never been to restaurant in my life. In, in Scotland, never uh-huh. mind Italy, and it was on new food, it was on you every. but embraced everything mm-hmm. absolutely. I said, What does January River eat? Risotto and a steak, that's what I'll have. <laughs> what does it have after we espresso? That's what I'll have. i have. And they spat it out. I didn't like it, but then I did like it. So embraced in uh, town life, uh, embraced everything, uh, language, you name it. And you,
1: you, sp- for any, we're not really going to speak it here because nobody's going to understand it but you speak Italian to me as if you were born there. Yeah. Um, one, yeah. one thing I really like about you mm. and one thing I will actually say I like about myself is mm. you totally, you know, you completely immerse yourself in the language the culture. and culture and you may as well be Italian, you know, if you're sitting speaking Italian but then when you speak Scottish you've maintained accent. that accent and identity. Of course I have. Do you know what, because what I think about mm. people, and not everybody, and this might sound mm. a bit harsh but I feel anybody who move somewhere and they, they change their accent yeah i think right you've had that your whole life yeah so you've intentionally changed that or maybe you've subconsciously changed it but i think it reflects on how um if easily manipulated or how much somebody will manipul- manipulate their own character to blend in yeah or to be to find themselves more favorable like I, I refuse to budge even when i speak english i have got like if i'm in spain i need to speak english to somebody i've got this posh accent I could put on but yeah. I just refuse to do it I'm like yeah. that's just isn't me
0: But apart from the I've heard you speak in Italian Spanish and French you're a disgrace Sean, you're uh, absolutely uh, wonderful uh, uh, no, could but, I Could I interview you now?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: we can do.
1: We were singing an Italian tune earlier What
0: did mm. we sing? You C'è La nostra Un bicchiere di vino panino
1: Sorry for for and,
0: embarrassing ourselves I
1: know, sorry for making you listen to that but we like your Italian tunes but no, I, I love that that you've just completely completely immersed yourself in it and obviously that that paid dividends for you because your your teammates loved you as a result um, and your <laughs> your teammates what did they say? I've actually written it down So you were a captain at every club you played yeah, at. yeah and that obviously reflects on how you can influence the dressing room. Or that was it. One of your teammates said you were a very strong on the pitch and a very strong influence in yeah. the dressing room as well.
0: Well, the fact is, um, when I went there, um, it was absolutely roasting. Um, I had difficulty even breathing, never mind playing at football. So I used to train myself in the midday sun.
1: Yeah.
0: I trained myself and uh, then I trained in the evening with my teammates Mm -hmm. so I've always did that to better myself I had this opportunity to be a professional footballer and I was going to make the best out of it and for the love and the respect that I had for the game that that's what I did Mm -hmm. and then I'd read in a book that um, the athletes are are the footballers in Mexico when it was a World Cup in Mexico it was English players and they took salt tablets because it was altitude it was too warm Mm -hmm. I didn't have salt tablets but I used just to have a shake of the salt dish and put it in my mouth and then drink some water. Oh, God hell.
2: <laughs> that was quite drastic. Got, but I didn't aye.
0: care. Uh, I thought, well, that's it. I'll just do that. Uh-huh. And then the other funny thing is, I couldn't. Uh, uh, I wasn't in touch with my parents, my brothers and sisters, because mm-hmm. we didn't have a phone in the house. So the communication was these wee air uh, air mails are called. Right. The, the letters and the wee blue envelopes, transparent. So whatever you wrote in it, I'm sure, I just imagine the pilot. Aye, you like, up to the I, light,
1: like, Oh, look, I this, heard Look,
0: like, uh, what's she up to? Uh, so that was good. And I was always waiting for um, a response, letters back for my mum and dad.
1: Mm-hmm. Liv- living that dream every day must have just been incredible. You must have just woken up with a, just a burst of enthusiasm yeah. to just go out and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Uh, but I think that rubbed off on my teammates as well Mm. I was just uh, happy to be alive let's say
1: and then look over the course of the time before you went away let's look at the state of I suppose the the Scottish the SFA's influence or take on the game they were very obstructive weren't they until was it UEFA or FIFA basically gave them an ultimatum and said either support and allow women's football or you'll pay the pay the price is that what happened at that stage well
0: I don't know because I was already in Italy at the time right, okay. but uh, in the meantime they'd sin died Me. that's football language to say a life ban mm-hmm. um, did they ever
1: give an explanation for that no it's not, not like they may make an arse of things is it Yes. SFA why would they mm.
0: um, anyway when I, when I was playing uh, like women's football here and I played for my country I played for Scotland we weren't allowed to play in SFA pitches there was no SFA referees they weren't allowed to referee us were banned for everything, so it, it was an uphill struggle. And I must say that Elsa Cook persevered in the, the organising of everything. Elsa was great at, mm-hmm. at organising and, and running the show, like us say. Um, so, I it was very difficult. And then when I went to Italy, well, I played for my country, scored for my country, and uh, I think I got a letter for Elsa saying, we're banned for life, she was banned, Edna, but Edna and they were marching up in George Square against the then boss of the SFA, Willie Allen.
1: Sporting suffragettes. Aye, I well,
0: whatever, but I had not a clue what was going on. Mm-hmm. I, I was oblivious because I was playing at foot, my football in Italy and she said that I was banned for life. I said, what for? I've not done anything. I've just tried to better myself. Mm-hmm. They said, maybe because you're a professional. I said, but I'm only trying to better myself. And um, But it did not bother me. I was not sad about it or anything. I, I was... Playing in Italy. Then five years down the line, uh, the Italian Federation asked if I would play for Italy.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, there was about 40 as foreigners playing in Italy. It was super professional, Brazilians, Danish, Swedish, Mexicans, you name it, we were all there. And uh, I was the only one, the only foreigner picked, asked if Uh I would represent Italy. I don't look Italian.
1: Did you need to take Italian citizenship?
0: I uh, they said they were going to go through with it all. and um, So I said, I hey, that's great. Uh, obviously, that's great. Uh-huh. So then I played for Italy, won the World Cup, they named me the world's best female footballer. And I thought when they named me, I'm being selfish here. When mm-hmm. when they named me the world's best female footballer, you know, yeah, you was thank your teammates for everything. Well, I
2: didn't.
0: <laughs> I thought you're dancer. <clears throat> you know what I mean? That Quite that's right. a, that's amazing. That's a, a a single award. you know what I mean?
1: To have that that to have that put on you that prestige and to win the World Cup. And again, I have to stress from the research that I've done mm. that while people might look at the state of or the the status of women's football Mm. in Scotland or the UK and then think that applies to everywhere. In Italy, it was very much, there was a lot of commercial sponsorship, separate sponsorship. There was media coverage, quite a lot of it. You had journalists kind of following you about. Uh Um, So that is absolutely enormous. Now, flip that round and see why wouldn't the SFA want to to embrace that or to promote that? I feel like it's, um, you know, that type of thing maybe... The world was changing, women were having more of a prominent role in the workplace and society, and stuff like that. Especially with let's call a spade a spade, arseholes, old dinosaurs that were running the SFA at that time. It was probably the last splutters of resistance, would you? And 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 that they were saying, Well, this is ours, this is the men's game, and these women are not getting it. Is there any truth in that that observation?
0: I don't know, you would, have to, you would have to ask them that, Sean, but I would just like to send out a message. I believe I'm football. Hmm. I'm football. They're no football. Absolutely. They're running football. So nobody can ban me because it's mine.
1: Aye. So, you know, up until a certain point, not that long ago, when the Scottish national team would travel places, all the old directors would be up in first class and the mm-hmm. players are up the back. Yeah. And to that, you'd be like, well, how about if the players go and strike? Couldn't you, you stick yourself up front and see how, <laughs> see uh-huh. how he's got on? Like, uh-huh. you, uh, you're right, you are not football. I think, first, firstly, it's the players. Yeah. secondly it's the fans people say it's the fans first but I suppose maybe they've got a joint first place no I don't know without... because
0: the fans kinda, uh, wouldn't turn up when anybody there but exactly. we can still play football without the fans obviously the fans have got their place and there's nothing better than playing I was playing in front of 20,000 every week and 20,000 excuse my Scottishness <laughs> um, uh, in Italy and, 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 and that uplifts your game yeah. you know what I mean it, it, it's amazing Right. Uh, I remember the first game I played in Rome and it was against uh, it was a Flaminio stadium where the rugby used to get played uh, okay. aye. Uh, unfortunately it's went to Pot, it's a shame but anyway it was a, this great wee stadium with the Roman statues running about it and all the, the thing and we were playing against Lazio and they were top of the league and I'd signed for AC Milan so we went there and my my photo and other things was in front of the Correra de los Sport. That's equivalent, the Roman equivalent of the Gazzetta de los Sport. Mm-hmm. It's all about the, 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 the Roma, Roma Calt Choc. Roma Lazio culture, But on way, they were introducing me, this Scottish lassie, great player, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I scored three goals. <laughs> and after it, the fans were shouting my name, but it was Lazio fans that were there. We wow. didn't have any travelling fans. And I thought they were appreciating my my football, so I went over to thank I, them. The and Vaffanculo. they shouted, Aye, Rose, Rose, va <laughs> and then And then, which is a bad thing. Well, they use it the... In Italy, it's against your, your dead relatives, let's Oof. say, just to put the finger in it. Uh-huh. And I was no. Igno- I was kinda of cursed into them, I thought this is great, and then my teammate says, No
2: rose. That's brilliant
1: <laughs> shit, how for you when Aye. they're saying that, they're trying to Aye. upset you and hurt you, Aye. and you are just up waving at them. Aye. For anybody wondering what Bafancula means, it's an Italian way to say, Go away, please, but not in this per nice favore,
0: go away. <laughs> Aye, per favore, arrivederci.
1: Not content with Won in the World Cup, being named the world's best player away, being embraced by your fans, media, colleagues alike. You then had to go one step further and you won two league titles in two different countries in oh, the one I season. Heard, I
0: forgot about that Sean. How did how, <laughs> how is did that po- happen?
1: How is that possible? This is like a game of FIFA.
0: Right. Pierre phoned me from Reims. I was playing in the deep south of Italy in Lecce. And he said, he'd managed to get the phone number of my president. Uh, uh, by the way, the owners of the teams in Italy in, in are called presidents. It's right. not like uh, Clinton or anything. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, he phones and he said, hey, would you play for us this year, Rose? I said, no, because Ken, I'm in the town football. He not used playing the Saturday afternoon and we play in the Sunday evening ahead of the men's
2: mm-hmm.
0: matches. So the crowds are there and whatever. Uh, and we could work out a plan. I said, "All right, that's good." So I spoke to the the the, the my Italian uh, president, and he said, uh, "Oh God, that'd be great, Rose. You know, he didn't try to stop me or whatever." So I played for uh, Lecce in the Saturday afternoon, and then in the Sunday morning, I would get a plane. I always had to get a plane to Rome. It's a wee bit like here, Scotland. You have to go to London to Aye. go elsewhere. Well, uh, in Italy, wherever you are, you've to go to Rome. So we go to Rome and then fly to Paris in the that's unbelievable. The Sunday, then I would get to wherever my team were playing and played. Stayed there, stayed in Paris until a Tuesday, then back to Italy to start up my training sessions with a Italian team.
1: Did you find that gave you an advantage in terms of sharpness in playing because you're just, you know, people say you play with better players or have a wider variety of styles because the French and Italian style I'd imagine would be somewhat different.
0: It's different, Sean, but my style was put the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> Basically, so it's a it's like an international style. Uh, I always remember I was getting mixed up with my Fitba bags. I had my French football bag and Aye. I had my French Fitba boots because you get sponsored there by Pony. Nice. That it was good. Uh, and uh, I was I was just buzzing. And I bought I bought a bought a wee Walkman, you know, the wee old fashioned cassette players and mm-hmm. music, and that was me half bag while travelling off I went.
1: Brilliant. <laughs> That's a quiz question i was just just sorry for the dead air there to the mm. people listening. I left about two seconds empty, but I just went thinking like: Has a player at any level ever won two league titles in two countries in the one season? It's un unbelievable. Yeah. What was your favourite club? I take it was AC Milan. Just for the prestige.
0: Well, you, you don't have a favourite club. The uh, the favourite club is the the, uh, the moment you're playing for them. That is I, your favourite club. Well,
1: I'll rephrase that then. Right. Where did you enjoy your football most?
0: Uh, in <laughs> oh, really? less, less No, I'm, on, I'm, only, <laughs> I'm only joking. Uh, uh, where did I enjoy my football? Base? Uh playing for Italy.
1: Playing for Italy. Do you feel you must have a bit? Be- you described it as a Scottish heart beating yeah. under an Italian yeah. jersey. Is that how you? F- Do you feel that way still?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a love affair. Um, uh, uh, Scotland's my mother. And Italy's my lover kind of thing. Right, okay. So, nah, don't split me up for any of them. Okay. The other thing is, uh, we were playing England in Italy. So, the it was English anthem first because we mm-hmm. were playing in Italy. And I just started playing for Italy. So, it says, God Save the Queen. So, while they were singing God Save the Queen, I, I was like, Oh, flower of Scotland. <laughs> and I sang... Ma, ma, and then it was on to Fratelli d'Italia So
1: I take it you must have sang Sorelli d'Italia? Uh, Did we you sang it?
0: Aye, we all changed the dressing room we we're going to sing Sorelli d'Italia which the Italian national anthem is uh, Fratelli d'Italia, Brothers of Italy mm-hmm. so we, we sang Sorelli d'Italia uh, Sisters of Italy
1: Brilliant how many how many caps did you get for Italy?
0: Not very much, because I got banned then. Uh, but you banned yeah, for Italy as well? No, I didn't get banned. Oh, sorry. No, no, sure, I didn't get banned. Um, uh, in these days, every nation had their own federations, mm-hmm. right? But then they all got together. But then FIFA and UEFA had decided, we'll take over women's football right. with their rules and regulations. So with their rules and regulations, I still hadn't been naturalised like right, okay. Italian, so it was actually, I didn't get banned with the it. Italians. I get banned. Like, I didn't get banned, was I wasn't allowed eye? to play. A restriction, I suppose yeah, any citizenship yeah, process yeah, application aye, would have been aye. a lot longer. But actually the President in Italy said, how do you fancy marrying some old guy in a nursing home? <laughs> and I said, God, for a Catholic family, my mother really would have bloody aye, felt me. Have killed me. But nowadays I thought, God, see if he was a millionaire, I should have bloody done it. Mm-hmm. That's On <laughs> the joking, right?
1: Looking back, it, so at that point, there's obviously been a transformation you've been a snotty nose wee lassie who's left Stuart and then you've went to Paris you've made your way to Milan and I'm sure I've heard you speaking about how you started to become more sophisticated yeah. you adopted the Italian way of life mm. you were dressing better you mm. were carrying yourself in a uh, more mature way yeah. you then went back didn't you, you surprised did I you surprised surprise your family
0: I surprised me. I always say my mum because it was her that he was giving me the hard time I think my mm-hmm. daddy was just happy I was playing at football but he wasn't allowed to express, express <laughs> himself my ma was the boss anyway um, I come I, Edna had been home so I was staying myself in this hotel and the president with it, with a couple of weeks off and he said would you like to go home Rose I think he was afraid I was going to get home so mm-hmm. and bugger off and, which wasn't the case but I said oh that, that's fine and they days um, um, airline tickets were quite expensive, no. but one and a half grand, you know, we were flying Alitalia, British Airways <laughs> oh, yeah. and all that, and it was expensive to fly, it was it was businessmen and whatever mm-hmm. that, that um, flew in the days. So I said, oh, yeah, of course, that'd be great. So um, I had I, I, already changed my my, my aspect, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd been to, I didn't need to go to the barber's for a short back in size, I, I was at a... An Italian, the top hairdresser in Milan who styled my hair.
2: Lovely. I
0: always remember going to get this, it was like in a Burberry raincoat I'd seen in the Arena Shente near Giorgio Armani's store in Milan. So I
1: got The Vittorio Emanuele.
0: Yeah, Gerto. Uh, then uh, a nice wee fitted blouse and fitted trousers, a, a wee uh, pair of boots with a heel on it, a handbag, I'd never a handbag in my life because I'd bugger to put in it. <laughs> uh, and this was me new suitcase, not my daddy's mm-hmm. wee thing, but. Uh, God love him. And so off I goes to Scotland so I arrives at uh, Glasgow airport and just got a bus into, into the town and then another bus into Stuart and everything takes ages uh, I went up the road because my mum and dad, my family didn't know I was arriving, I just opened the door and my mum my mom seen me and she didn't recognise me she just stared at me for a moment I get emotional this bit. Uh. and she says "Oh, Rose."
1: That's all right. Take your time.
0: No, I'm fine.
1: You can edit this a wee bit. It's no, no, I'm fine. You're right. It's obviously an emotional thing, but yeah. So, uh, I mean, well, you take a wee drink, but she's seen you leaving as a certain type yeah, of person and yeah. she's obviously got With no future no future she doesn't know what your path is going to be she's got that obviously that maternal concern and fucking hell how worried must she have been when you're because she you're obviously living the high life you're as happy as anything but she doesn't know that and no
0: because the th- certain point I didn't tell my, my mum and dad that I would left France to go to Italy aye and a couple of weeks down the line I had to tell them because Edna was going back home and anyway apart from that I wrote and I said by the way I'm not in France anymore and I'm in Italy.
1: Aye, so she, she's obviously she will have like you know we all think the worst. Yeah. So she's probably imagining all these all these scenarios where all these yeah. things are happening. So in that moment that you've walked oh. in and she's seen you in that immediate picture, she has just it has been a comfort, a clarification. Yeah. that Everything as well. And what did she say to you?
0: What did she say to me she when just, you walked in? When I walked in, she just stared stared at me. She just said, "Oh, Rose." She didn't recognise me, I, and because obviously you know your mum and vice uh-huh. uh-huh. Um And she just stared at me. Had a wee, a wee moment that she didn't even know who this young, sophisticated. Who's this model lady was. that's from man I, that's walked in? I know, <laughs> uh, and it was a real lassie.
1: That's amazing. And I did that then? Did your relationship change after that? Because that can. Because often, it's happened to my mum. I think my mum's gave me a hard time when I was younger. Uh-huh but there's probably, and for my auntie and my grand, there's probably been concern yeah. that I've mistaken for contempt. Yeah. But they're probably just worried about, you know, where you're going in life. And I, I can relate to that after being away in Spain. A couple of years, i come back and things were different. The relationship was different because you can then just enjoy that. They can probably relax a wee bit and think, no, right, okay. Because I, I was kind of similar. There was no distinct path for me. Uh-huh. This isn't about me, but I can uh-huh. completely relate to yeah. it. And no relationship we all them my relationship with all of them has gone from strength to strength because now it can be alright, things are all right. Ah but they'll be proud on your of you, case.
0: Sean, because you are making a great career out of yourself. So um I don't mean that you're right and your mum's wrong. That that that's not the case, but it's the it's the case as I Obviously, your your mum was worried about you because you didn't have a path in life, a wee bit like myself, Aye. but you made your path. That's so that it. path is actually much sweeter than getting someone landed in a plane.
1: Absolutely. I think what well, I can see, you, more you than me, but I can see a, a similarity in terms of forging your own path because, you know, that mm. I, through the way my life has gone, for like zigzags, is like there is no way that, that I could have predicted that or I could have said, this is what I'm going to pursue. Yeah. It's more that following your instinct and your intuition doing what you fancy doing and then retrospectively I always say this you can look back and go oh aye, i can see where that's gone for point a to point mm. b to point c it's been you know it's been very much up and down and it's it's not been um what's the word normal or there's a word i was going to like for I'll maybe come back to me mm-hmm. um but i so you, your your mum's probably then Did they ever visit you in Italy?
0: Yeah, when I went to Milan, they arrived in Milan with my wee sisters. Uh, I've got a twin sister and there's other two twins five years down the line and they come straight over to Milan, trains, boats, a bloody lot Uh to see that I was all right.
1: Aye, and they must have.
0: Because they hadn't a clue.
1: Aye, and imagine, like, you're used to it, but again, back in that time, it's not as if they can say, right, we'll jump on YouTube and we'll get a wee swatch of no, no. what my land looks know. like, no, I will check no. Google Maps. No. Well, uh, they
0: couldn't afford to fly over. My mum wasn't ever flying anyway because um, uh, she, she was afraid. But folk then were afraid to fly because um, they'd never the flown unknown. before. It's the, I unknown, me. It? Huh?
1: it's the unknown. Yeah, I remember. Well, I don't
0: know if it's unknown, but uh, whatever. Like I a, loved a, it I loved it for day one uh-huh. Edna was terrified maybe that's why she came home uh, I taught her some Catholic play, uh, prayers Edna when we were on the plane Edna's orange through and through <laughs> Rangers supporter That uh, the Hail Mary was getting said by God. that is must, must have been <laughs>
1: terrified uh, as if you've had, all, you've had a lot of challenges and a lot of things and you've absolutely battered through them but probably the toughest one you would have come up against was and it came about in the most roundabout way after a game, you had a post-match meal, and you had some raw shellfish. Yeah. What happened there?
0: Well, what happened there? I was playing Malacca. I just arrived there, and um what well, was it? A meal before the game and after it? came, everyone was right professional, but it, it was raw seafood that was in the menu, and I'd never tasted it before. It was actually a mussel, and um great big ones. Because in South Italy, the, 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 that's one of our specialities. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, um, "Oh, you'll need to try this, Rose. You know." And I felt. I felt obliged to try right. it. So I just tried one and then I got hepatitis. Fucking okay, no. um, hell. So about, I can't remember how long after, say about a week later or something, uh, I just turned bright yellow and I was just sick and just conked out, fainted. So it took me to the hospital and I was put in isolation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was in this wee room in the Poly- Polyclinico de Barry, that's the deep south of Italy, and uh, in this wee room, just with a wee window in it, and the doctors used to come in like, with space suits on and all that. Um, and I, I, I was unconscious for a couple of days, uh, and somebody said, "Were you afraid you, you were dying, right?" Well, I could have, but I wasn't afraid because when you, when you're at that in that state, Aye. you don't care. Aye, you must And that's have truthful. Been. You don't care. So this was me again. Um, I, well, they realised that it, it wasn't infectious or whatever. It was a raw seafood. And uh, I was a wee bit stronger to get into a ward. But I couldn't go to the toilet myself. I couldn't. I mean, so weak really for a couple of weeks.
1: Incapacitated.
0: I just don't drip all the Jesus. time and whatever. Uh <laughs> but it helped me. In every wee room that I was in, in in, in the the hospital, there was a big statue, or Lady, look I'm doing at you. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt at home because my daddy had Your Lady <laughs> in the corner with the rosary beads running about it. So I used to pray. It was the only thing I could do, but I never got in touch with my parents, never told anybody that I was ill. Um, been panicking? Yeah, and um, the only pe- people that knew I was ill was the president of the football team, obviously, and some of my teammates, but that was it. Um, I always found the strength, Sean, to get better, isolating myself. Mm-hmm. Not isolating myself because of the illness. Isolating myself from any anybody giving any opinions. Anyway, about a couple of weeks down the line, I was fit enough. were. Uh, I got an ambulance back home where I was living with the president of Lecce. I had a, a wee apartment there in his grounds. And um, before I, uh, I got discharged, the doctor said to me, you can't play football again. That's your career over. So I stared him in the pre- in the face and I thought to myself, that'll be fucking right. <laughs> and then, uh, well, I had a couple of weeks in bed and then I decided uh, I was going to go to the toilet myself. So I managed that. I mean, I was so weak. Then the next day I was going to walk 50 yards. I'd, I'd measured everything in my mind. I'll just go to that wee stone. I'll just go to that wee tree. And the football ground was in the grounds of where I was staying then I thought I'll just walk to the football pitch and I did that. Then I'll just walk 10 yards, 50 yards. Then every day I'm going to try and run a bit. When I mm-hmm. fell, but I got up again. Then I started running and then after that, that was me.
1: Just shows you um, obviously the specifics of you. It's, it's incredible that you've that you've overcome that. That you've had that, that inner fortitude and inner strength and determination and clarity of vision to say this is what I'm going to achieve but the, the the point I would say to people there is if you've had any major, major, major setback in your life and you are near death, so mm-hmm. it doesn't get worse than that it really does not yeah. get worse than that because it's the worst possible outcome if you find yourself in, in in any sort of depth and you think there's no way I can overcome this or you think right here's where I need to be and here's where I am you didn't do it in one step or one day you did it bit by bit by bit and that's what I always kind of oh, excuse me, it's what I always kind of say to people is if you need to get somewhere, mm-hmm. don't don't be put off or don't be sort of disheartened because yeah. you think, well, can I can't do it in one step because uh-huh. nobody's doing it in one step. You're not climbing a mountain in one step. You're mm-hmm. not getting back to full physical health in one step. You're not going to turn your life around in one step. Uh-huh. It's those wee small yeah. things and those small targets and small changes and daily improvements. And you know, if you are at one place and then in one week you'll be further, and four weeks you'll be further. In three months yeah. you'll be further, and you've you've done that, and you, you get back to full fitness, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Now that's unbelievable. But are you a medical freak, or was it just your determination? Like, did the talk doctors give you any input on that?
0: No, no. I think I'm just a freak end off. No, I'm a freak. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I had so much. Um, I, I don't know. I think the wrong phrase is self belief. Um, it's what I wanted, right, and what I wanted. Was to be a professional footballer, so right. I now was a professional footballer, and I wasn't going to let a slight thing like dying get in my way. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: just a wee minor inconvenience, aye. isn't it?
0: Aye, piss off! <laughs> I I need to get on with my life, which
1: Excellent. I did. As life, but, how, yeah, but I
0: still didn't tell anybody. I mean, my, 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 how I when did you nobody,
1: ever did you ever say, oh, by the way? I think
0: aye, it came out in a conversation aye, after way, it Mama finished nearly, and whatever. Nearly died. Aye,
1: fuckin' oh,
0: and she just looked at me, she said, oh, Rose, I would have been straight over. I said, that's who I didn't tell you. <laughs> uh, I
1: couldn't have
0: asked for <laughs> I'd that. I'd have be been made than
1: the Hail Mary. The, uh, another way you're a bit of a, a freak, in a sense, and I put it in a very complimentary way, is you played until you were 40.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, played Sean uh, until I was 40 because, uh, super fit, still fit. But looked then after yourself. You can, look, you can look around about yourself and your teammates. You could be their mother. Mm. you could be the mother of the referee and I thought I'd better get the hell out of here but I decided to stop when I was 40 when I was 39 Right. and I I, I needed a game plan I needed to see what I was going to do after Mm -hmm. football because that was my life Um, so I decided to open a sports shop in Trani it was called Riley Sport Uh, and I had a business partner it was this guy Um, so that's where I was going to put my money so I was already um, mentally getting prepared for everything Cause it's a big decision yeah, to aye, make. Yeah, it's massive. Aye, but I did it.
1: Was it was it daunting? Were you, were no, you, no. You always looked, you just knew what you were going to do.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Then uh, when I did stop playing football officially, um, the local policemen, and trying to ask me if I would play with them, <laughs> because they always wanted me to play with them, but I couldn't because of insurance things because of the women's football. And uh, I says, "Aye, aye, I can play now. That's good." So I played with the local policemen. Brilliant. Um, but I also started up my running career again. I just ran, mm-hmm. I'd run like for two and a half hours. Still running, yeah, just ticking over now. But, mm-hmm. um, so then I had my sports shop, but then uh, for a full year, I used to see myself in a flat, a uh, beautiful flat near the, the sea in, in Trani. And, um, for about a full year, I didn't see any of my friends because I did this. I had to get the inner strength again from being on my mm-hmm. own. I worked during the day in my sports shop. I had a lot of friends. Played at football with the polo team, but then I withdrew into myself to mentally detach myself from playing football, but mm-hmm. not from football.
1: Yeah. And then was that at the time that you met you met your Norberto.
0: new husband? Yeah, um, I tore my calf muscle, which had never happened um, in all my football career. Everything was fine but it was the astra turfs that were coming out then mm-hmm. and it, that's what I was playing and they were rubbish at the start I think they're still rubbish now anyway I
2: don't like that
0: um, anyway I tore my calf muscle and I couldn't get any better and somebody said there's this wee Argentinian doctor that um, works in a private clinic in Trani so I said, oh well I'll try him. So I go to Norberto, met Norberto and we, we just kinda clicked right away. Norberto wasn't long in Italy, we've been about a couple of years there. He'd um he come away from his hometown of Buenos Aires where he was head of uh, the the cardiologist um, uh, clinic uh and there was a there was a financial breakdown in Argentina and he'd emptied his bank account the the government, as you do. Would well,
1: they work not you go into this you' your history less in Argentina but they're quite dictatorial weren't they like you have Aye. to apply to to take money out of Argentina Aye. which Aye. is fucking nuts it's my I money I I I'll take it I if I want
0: absolutely and then he was in he was in the student thing the Desperacidos at the time in 1968. and I think right. your well. books was mark marking I think and I ticked but anyway he um, came to Italy because his sister was married to an Italian Aye. and she says no you'd be better out here blah 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 so I, I meets Norberto and he starts to treat me and he spoke Italian like Maradona. Aye. And I thought, that's cute. And I Aye. like this wee guy. Whatever. And we just clicked. I wasn't looking for anybody. He wasn't looking for anybody. And he, he asked me out one night uh, after about a week's treatment. And I said, no, as you do, play hard to get. <laughs> like. uh, I'm still Scottish. <laughs> 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 uh, but then we started going out together and that was it. We just clicked.
1: God, that's amazing. Yep. And you've now got... a. Daughter. Your daughter has got, cause I know you've got a daughter, I know I hesitated there, but what I was hesitating is I was mm. going to say she has got the most unusual heritage yeah. of all time. So she's got an Argentinian father, mm. a Scottish mother who born in Italy. Born in Italy, it's half Italian, so that's Valentina. Valentina, Valentina.
0: Um, she was doing Valentine's Day um, <laughs> in Italy. It's her birthday's next week. So um, she was a day late, so I called her Megan Valentina Bridget after my mum. So a couple of years down the line, she says to me, "Why did you know call me Ale- Valentina as my first name?" Uh-huh. I said, "Well, you just shift it along." Say that. So uh, about a couple of weeks after she'd said that to me, uh, she changed her name. We did pull and all these papers come through <laughs> the <letting laughs> hell? and I thought that she's done t- nah of me. Do- I, I can't, just can't just say a- anything.
1: Chip off the old block. Aye, just get so it's it done.
0: Valentina Peralta. Um, she's got a lot to live, I've a poor wee soul, now. Nah, she's, um, when she was, when I was giving birth in Italy, it was a cesarean, so the, the wee can kind have of screen on my face, but I'm like brave, heart and I'll just stay awake, I nearly crapped myself, I was terrified, <sighs> um, so I was 45 when I gave birth away, Wayne. Oh. I hadn't read the rule books even then, I never just ripped everything up, just go want. for it pal, so the, the, the doctor, the gynecologist, uh, uh, of course they all knew me, because mm-hmm. I used to play there, and when, I, when Megan come out eh, Valentina come out eh, he said oh my god it's not a wee girl because I knew I was having a wee girl and I thought what the fuck's went wrong here he says, it's a football <laughs> <laughs> and I said just fine you shouldn't have been joking that time <laughs> no, like no, this and I couldn't imagine a ball coming up Aye, and life, maybe the life I've lived—that that is a ball it's not a lassie
1: unbelievable and uh, so she stayed there till she was eight, eight months, months old. Yeah, when re- she
0: was eight months, I got a phone call from my sister saying my mum had a severe stroke. Mm. She was paralysed and got straight over. Time to take an Acurio So it's Megan and her baby, papa, who's a, a wee baby bagging off. I went straight on the plane to to to, to my home to Scotland. And I always remember, my brother picked me up at Glasgow Airport. Glasgow Airport sign in the middle of bloody everything that day,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: um, just take me down to Irvine Central. We couldn't speak in the car because the emotion, our we emotion, we were going to lose. our mummy. so my mum was now a in a cot bed because she was all twisted. And she took my hand. She says, "Oh Rose, please don't leave me. I'm afraid." Yeah. And I think she had. Um, She had this relationship with me just because we had a love-hate relationship Mm -hmm. when I was a teenager, but then everything was different. Obviously, you mature and you realise... What life's about, and I promised I would not leave. Nine years later, i was still here <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> because I took the baby, uh, out Valentino, or baby, and I lay beside my mum, and she said, "Oh, ba, 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 ba and I was—I think—that kept her going. Uh-huh. So then I decided to stay here to look after my mum, but mm-hmm. I, I always thought she was going to die. It's the truth. You think, alright I'll just go back to till the morning because my mum will die," mm-hmm. but she didn't.
1: How long did she hold on?
0: Nine years. Fuck's
1: sake! You kidding me? Exactly
0: on? nine years. So I wanted to take her home and look up. But I didn't have a home. Uh So Norberto, my husband, he was in Italy. I was here on my Todd with a Wayne. What the hell? Uh, So I would visit my mum every day and uh, always took her clothes home to wash for her. Uh, because I didn't want the hospital to wash my mummy's clothes. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that was my duty as a daughter. Should we get a payback? Aye, should we should a wee pulley sh- ba- in her kitchen? Kind of wee pulleys that uh-huh. you. Aye, uh-huh. aye. Uh-huh. And God, they were great. So I'd wash her clothes, dry them, and back and forward to my mum. Then she took in a nursing home because I couldn't look after my sister. Tried because she was paralysed. Hmm. of paralysed. Uh, she needed like an medical care twenty four uh-huh. hours. So they took her into this lovely wee uh, nursing home near Cormarnock, Hurlford, uh, Torn's Lodge. So that's where my mummy was. She'd arrange me room, arrayed me furniture. Whatever. So I went in every day to her. Um, There's a strong
1: theme running through your family of just doing things in your own terms.
0: Aye, why not?
1: <laughs> exactly, why In fact, g-
0: g- gonna, uh, I'd spoke to my sisters. I said, look, we'll need to get my mum in a, in a nursing home. Near our hometown, there wasn't no one in Stewart, but at least we got Comarnock. And all my sisters, a couple of my nurses, oh no, you need to get permission, you need to get, you need to sign all these forms, you need to wait, you need to blah, blah, blah. So I went to this place, Torrance Lodge, I found out the nearest place, and, I went, and it was a Sunday morning, and there was a week and a of keyboard with numbers, a wee secure thing that you had to have a password, uh-huh. right, pass numbers to get in. But the door was open, somebody must have come out, so I just walked in and I wanted about the corridors, and the matron says, Could I help you, please? And I says, Aye. And I told them, Story, i says, I want my mummy in here hmm. and she says oh but, but she says okay and then she got my mother in and I didn't sign any bloody leaf I didn't do and by the book
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I took my mummy just done
1: yep oh, god that's that is absolutely incredible though T-t-t- you're obviously you've flown back under the impression that that's it aye another decade almost uh-huh.
0: but the thing is uh, Sean I could get Italy back I couldn't get my mummy back
1: that's really aye so true aye so, so
0: true. family uh, comes first. Family comes first. Your mum and dad comes first, because Italy's um, no going anywhere. Uh, no, it's going down the swan anyway. the uh, way things are going so on I now. Heard when but, I was uh, no, it. I go back for six weeks every uh, every year, and it's the same. It's the same wee bar that gives my 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 daughter gelato without having to pay for it. The fisherman <laughs> gives me fresh fish, uh, just everything.
1: Would you ever go back?
0: Um, it's now a different scenario uh-huh. uh, when I left there it was the year 2000 it was the year my daughter was born just doing things never the right way she's a wee millennium child uh-huh. um, I would go back if I if, if I was financially secure uh-huh. uh, I'm not like my male counterparts I wasn't paid the money that no. they get Never near it um, so financially I can't go back but um if, I don't know, if, um, if I win the lottery, it's a wee bit hard because I don't play the bloody thing.
1: I always say that, I say, if I win the lottery, i bought about four tickets in my life.
0: Aye, well, you're the same as me. Aye. But anyway, you've got age on your side, darling, I've no. <laughs> um, but aye, aye I'll likely get Italy back one day.
1: In terms of, you're very determined, and just as we kind of wrap up, but it's something I definitely need to touch upon. You are very determined and steadfast in your own... You know, self belief and conviction mm. and whatever, and very much of I don't care what you think. But recognition means something to us all, and you were inducted into the was it the Scottish Sports Hall of Fame and then the Scottish Football Hall of Fame. Yeah,
0: when I come back here, I don't think anybody knew uh, knew much about me. But I was Nicky, and that wasn't in my agenda. That didn't bother me. Why would they? Uh-huh. Um, and all of a sudden, I was getting inducted into the, the the Sports Hall of Fame, and I always remember getting piped in that day, uh, and I, I was so emotional, I couldn't even talk,
1: oh, great. Because,
0: I, I... Uh, and I was there with, with my husband and, and my daughter, and my daughter, I don't know what age she'd be uh, 2006, she was about six, seven year old, mm. um, it's easy for me to count, now I can't count, but she was a millennium child, <laughs> aye, aye. 2000, she'd be seven year old easy. then, um, and I'd say to you, you need to get a day off school, because I'm in the museum up in Edinburgh, she said to me, but to be in a museum, you either need to be dead or a dinosaur. <laughs> I said, Well, I'll take the dinosaur, but uh, <laughs> that was that was our uh, expression, and uh, uh, that really was an emotional day. More emotional, this sounds ungrateful, but it's not un- ungrateful. But I was inducted into the Hall of Fame at Hamden,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so that the sports Hall of Fame, I wasn't an athlete, but Liz McColgan and, and whatever. Yeah. And here I was beside Kenny Douglas. Aye. And a lot. That's and incredible. Aye, Shev- aye. So women weren't allowed, mm. right? And um, it was a no no, but i done it. So I used to get all my trophies away when I was in Italy. I've no got trophies or anything, flipper shits, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, whoever. Whoever was following my fans or somebody in a wheelchair or whatever, it seems pathetic, but it's not. I always gave them it because they 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 can remember. Uh, looking at my medal, they can remember. Mm-hmm. I don't it's, need a medal to remember.
1: Uh, it's a shared experience. You Aye. were there, you were on the pitch, yeah. but it's something for them so to So this reporter
0: came to my house to see my medals and my trophy room. It's not going.
1: They're up here. They're on my head. I says, Tell you.
0: see this Hall of Fame trophy? They're all in there. Aye. Because without all the trophies, I wouldn't have that.
1: I mean, that that's an incredible achievement and in recognition in itself. But it's also, you know, a a, a symbol of that achievement, persistence, perseverance. Against you know, you were talk, f- female footballers were obviously much derided in Scotland, and uh-huh. Up until it was quote unquote legalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and what an example that must be for any young female footballer who's now you know you were the trailblazer as we say you were forging paths you've forged yeah. that path and now mm. other people are able to follow that so I find that absolutely incredible you're in the Scottish Football Hall of Fame mm. it's and it's it's obviously very 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 well deserved you also get an MBE through the post I know
0: so this never was a ending cup... recognition no. I know this is ridiculous um, the MBE I was actually shaking uh, opening the envelope because it was a surreal moment mm. And um, whenever uh, it, it was it was dark later on when I'd opened the because I'd been out all day, and I went straight up to the cemetery to speak to my mum and dad.
1: They would have been so pretty. Obviously, yeah. I would say looking down here, but it would have been very, very, Aye. very proud. Aye. It's and almost. In- so
0: was I because I've never really ticked all the boxes, Sean. Aye. In fact, I've no ticked any boxes.
1: I'd say you've ticked a lot of them. Mm. Intentionally or unintentionally, whether you wanted to or not.
0: I don't know. I met up with this... Uh, my friend is that the, the under-17 Italian coach football and they had a they had a, a, a European tournament up in the Orium, up in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't publicised like with the SA Fair. If, and it was Scotland, Italy... Kind of remember Ireland and Yugoslavia or something, so off I goes. And I had to meet my uh, it was like it wasn't really ex teammate, it was something I'd played against. And she'd heard I was back home, she's could we meet up, Rose? Uh-huh. And I said, oh, That'd be great. So after the match, uh, I went on to the pitch and we were emotional, greeting. I oh, remember this, remember that. And this person, this other uh, kind of older lady, she wasn't a football player, but she's on the town track, so she says, Um. She come up to say hello to me, she says she wants to say hello to you. And I thought, maybe it's the next teammate. I'm a bloody nightmare, can I remember, blah, blah, blah. And she smiled at me and I realised who it was. And her name is Manuela Di And the reason I knew her smile is because she, she won the Olympics f- five years in a row, no five years in a row, every four years aye, aye. Uh, for skiing. All right. So I was always into all my Uh female sport because I knew her through that. And I says, Manuela de Chenta. And she says, Rose Riley. So we swung each other round about. She wanted to meet me. I wanted to meet her. But I didn't realise she was an ambassador. She's an ambassador, a sports ambassador, Olympic ambassador, every ambassador for women's sport. And so the Italian Federation had sent her of Scotland. So I had a chat, just a wee chat, so we're going to keep in touch, meet up and whatever. And uh, she said, what was it like when you ended your career, Rose? I said, well, can I said the same thing as I said. I said, what about you? Oh, she says, it was terrible and whatever. She said, so I just climbed Mount Everest.
1: Oh, as you do. <laughs> Ken,
0: instead of going there in the garden, I'm looking after the Grand Wains. And so she sent me a photo, and she's talking about Mount Everest. And I thought, you're a dancer. This wonderful lady is uh-huh. here in Scotland. they the bloody Ken's about aye, her. Aye. So I want to promote other ladies that
1: have yeah. done you've always, aye, You've given so much to sport. It's a great example, isn't it? If you if you feel you've got an insurmountable task, go and literally, you know, climb the most insurmountable thing in the world, physically, aye. which is Mount Everest. You, you don't I get know, high I'll on that. I'll just do that. That's incredible. And then you get a, an honorary degree for the uh, University of Western of Scotland. Western so Scotland. You're ticking every single box here.
0: Yeah, and that was an emotional time as well. Um Obviously, because um, the wee lass that gets spelt for school. Hi. here she was, um, uh, and I couldn't believe it. And
1: just take that's just reflecting. You? Take your no, time. No, it was
0: Elise Sh- Angelini that, that was presenting me with it. She a advocate. Yes, and she was uh, she was always promoting for women don't know if
1: whatever. i gave her the right um, title there, but she's, aye, she's very more than much the top, the whatever, top dog aye, the top anyway, in the Scottish and legal And she system. actually
0: knew everything about me more than I knew about myself. She did her research and she was um, she was proud to meet me and I thought, uh-huh. wow, you've, that's we, great.
1: What is it you've got on with Annie Lennox coming up? I, you, well, you I, up I got on
0: a degree now by Glasgow Caledonian. Wow. Uh, oh, and she... And like, the patrons yeah. is Annie Lennox mm-hmm. and... Um, but She, she wasn't there that day, she's not here all the time, obviously. But uh, when she comes, uh, we're, we're, they're going to arrange a meeting with me and Annie Lennox, wow. because, um, woman power and all that, all right? Watch it use guys. Here's right. Annie and Rose on your path.
1: See, as we round up, so I've got you know what I said when I said at the start that what fascinates me in a story is the things that are in between the events, yeah. and I feel like w- hidden within the events or you know the chronological, um timeline of what actually happened is the real story I always say so I'm impressed with what is the intangible in a person when it comes down to it so I don't care that you're a World Cup winner I don't care that you won two leagues uh, uh, and I say this with a pinch of salt obviously tongue firmly in my cheek, I don't mm. care that you won two leagues in two countries, I don't care that you won all these league titles, um, that you've got your honorary degree, that you're mm. in the Scottish Hall yeah. of Fame what I'm fascinated by is like the qualities of a person and that's what leaves the biggest impression on me so if I'm talking to somebody, I say I don't care what you possess, kinda I've uh-huh. made that point. Uh what blows me away is the characteristics and qualities. So first of all, to have that courage and conviction to to leave your hometown, to go into the unknown with absolute bravery and, as I say, belief in yourself and what you're going to achieve. Uh to achieve what a dream that you were told was absolutely impossible. Mm-hmm. Which in terms of by society standards it was impossible because there's there's no path. You've sidestepped it, you build those through every setback. You didn't allow really it to derail you or stop you, or turn you into a nearly woman. I nearly did it, but I mm-hmm. coulda, woulda, shoulda, but you know, you just went and did it. You nearly died. You were told your career was over. At your near pinnacle, you've reached that dead end almost literally mm-hmm. of sorts. Um, you know, the universe puts roadblocks in front of you. Mm-hmm. You you've just you've not allowed any of them to, to stop you. Um, and it's that refusal to be beaten, perseverance and persistence against what is insurmountable odds, or so they seemed. But you've pro- proven that barriers can be broken, you can forge your own path, you force a path for other people. Rose Riley, it has been the utmost pleasure hearing about you and everything you've done, and you've achieved the impossible dream.
0: I love you, Sean.
2: dream, the impossible dream, to fight the unbeatable foe, to bear with unbearable sorrow, to run where the brave dare not go, to right the unrightable wrong. To love pure and chaste from afar To try when your arms are too weary To reach the unreachable star This is my quest to follow that star Question or pause? To be willing to march into hell For a heavenly cause And I know if i only be true To this glorious quest That my heart will lie peaceful and calm That one man, scorned and covered with scars, still strove with his last ounce of courage to fight the unbeatable foe, to reach the unreachable star.